Doctors say things to patients and everyone believes it to be true. But I just got a question for you. If everything they had said was so true, why are we so sick? And any country that dominates in a form of healthcare that's based on pharmaceuticals are some of the sickest ranking countries in the world. I'm gonna show you, for example, the benefits of pharmaceuticals, but also the fact that if that is your major form of healthcare, you're gonna be in trouble. See, and that's what's happening to people's healthcare. They're so dependent on drugs, they're taking them every day, it's hurting them on the inside. Who says so it's hurting them? The people who made the drugs says it hurts them. See, if you look at why, why do some people actually can survive with HIV for a long time, and some people can die very quickly. It's all based on... Hey, this is Aman, and you are listening to a Think Ultimate podcast. Today, we have Dr. Patrick Flynn with us. Dr. Flynn is a chiropractor and the founder of The Wellness Way. As a young child, he was labeled troubled because he had difficult time learning, focusing, and existing with the school system. Years later, as a teenager, he went through a series of events that led him to discover he had an immune issues, which contributed to his neurological setbacks. This this discovery inspired Dr. Flynn to begin his journey, defining his purpose and initiating his pursuit of education. So let's welcome our today's guest, Dr. Patrick Flynn. Dr. Patrick, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I appreciate to be able to share my story with you guys today. So excited to have you here and give some really different perspective on human health and all the things that people don't know about. And I'm really excited to talk with you on this topic. So excited to have you here as well. So excellent. So let's jump on directly to the questions. So, Dr. Patrick, yes. tell us something really interesting about yourself that most people don't know. Um, something I should that people don't know. Um, wow, I actually have never. I've been interviewed a ton of times, never been asked about that. I think because I share my story so so um, openly to everybody from my childhood. Um, I think this way that the the journey that I've been through. Uh, you know, has major ups and downs, you know what I'm saying? Uh, so I think that's something that uh, people know, they see the success of what I've created and be able to speak all over the world, have clicks all over the world, have a thing that way. But uh, there's been some major ups and downs through the process that have really led to obviously great things. Uh, but uh, you know what happens this, regardless of the ups and downs, keep moving forward and we seem to be impacting millions of people more every single year. Awesome. So, uh, Dr. Patrick, how did you get into entrepreneurship? Like, when did you start the wellness way and what was the purpose behind that? Yeah, the, the story behind it is started back when I was a kid. Uh, as you read in my bio, you know, I was diagnosed as a juvenile delinquent. They told me I would never become anything. I was dealing with a lot of things. Um, every day as a kid, I felt like my skin was always crawling. And imagine throwing a pebble in your shoe and walk around it on it all day long. You'd be very irritable. I was, and so those internal struggles, inflammatory things I had, it felt like my skin was crawling. And what that did is I didn't realize that that led to major psychiatric issues and other things I dealt with. And that's why it was hard for me to focus, hard for me to concentrate. I had very low grades. Um, and then as a teenager, I started to figure out what was going on. And then I realized that that's what kind of stemmed my whole thing when it came to health, because as you start to figure these things out, you start to take steps to try to make them better. And I realized that foods can affect it. I realized that I had an immune issue. And because all of a sudden, if you start to eat something, you can actually create some you know, irritation, you can create some inflammation, you can create some things that happen to us psychologically. And that's why a very common term today is called the gut-brain connection. But then what ended up happening was, 
was as I was going through, I said, listen, I looked at conventional medicine and I said, they don't get it. They don't. Because if they get it, there would be less sick and suffering people than there is. Western medicine has really, you know, dominated and started to dominate all across the world. We can look at what happened over the last three years, but it doesn't answer the questions of why people suffer from things. You know, nobody ever is pharmaceutically deficient in their body. Okay. You can be nutritionally deficient, but you can't be pharmaceutically deficient. Yet our whole dominance in Western medicine now is even trickled across seas and, and, and abroad was the fact that like medicine knows what they're doing. Well, I actually just said, hey, listen, I believe that there's things that have been accomplished by certain forms of healthcare, but I can obviously, we can obviously see even over the last three years, the majority of stuff they get wrong. So I just started to say, listen, I, I'm going to go and I'm going I'm to study immunology. I'm going to study nutrition in college. And then I said, but I, I did want to be a doctor. I did want to go a little bit extra. So I went to chiropractic school because medical school just didn't have the answers. And they still to this day don't have the answers. So, but then as I was going through school and I got to my last part of my schooling, um, I met this beautiful woman. Okay. And this woman all of a sudden, you know, uh, started to start a date and found out that, uh, you know, that I probably wanted to marry this girl. And the thing was this though, she was told she couldn't have children. And, and I just, everything I've always said to myself, the doctors are saying this, and we deal with this a lot. Doctors say things to patients. Um, and everyone believes it to be true. But I just got a question for you. If everything that said was so true, why are we so sick? And any country that dominates in a form of healthcare that's based on pharmaceuticals are some of the sickest ranking countries in the world. Now, once again, I'm not saying that they don't have some position to where it actually can do some good. But if this is a dominant form of healthcare, you'll see some of the sickest countries. And so the doctors in, in the current medical Western medical system we're saying you can't have children, you can't do these things, uh, you know, don't try to have kids, get your uterus pulled out because she suffered from endometriosis, ulcerative colitis, cystic acne, and headaches. Well, I just looked at it and said, I disagree with their approach. And I started to do things differently. And of course, now I end up marrying that woman. And now, you know, 22 years later, we have four beautiful daughters. So I applied those same principles to all forms of healthcare within the system of the body. And our clinic results spoke for itself. And I started out with one clinic in 1999 to now having hundreds of doctors and uh, clinics all over the United States and a couple in Europe and expanding just based on wherever I, if I, if I were to come over and speak over there, or if I go to Europe, or if I go to South America, or if I go to Hawaii, uh, places, things I've spoken, or I go to Canada, you know what's universal? People may have different beliefs. People may have different religions. People may have different politics. But there's one thing that's very common is the concept of what people believe health is, is leading them down a bad path to illness. And there's so many sick people across the world. So then people got not only heard my message, but I want to make this very clear. We practice this every day in our clinics. So I've trained thousands of doctors on this of all kinds, of all forms, even nurses, nurse practitioners, and they get the clinical results that people want. And so then I have a great opportunity to share some things on media and I get a great opportunity to get interviewed in wonderful places like this. Awesome. So what you're saying is most of the doctors that graduate from college, they're learning a lot of new things, but they're learning all those traditional things. They're not using their brain that they can uh, get into something new. Just like you mentioned that uh, the, uh, your wife couldn't have those babies. So then you uh, took on another way to cure that disease. So this is the thing that all the medicinal uh, books, all these education systems should work. 
because you have to use your own brain and go through the same things in an entirely different way. That's how you're curing those diseases, not only just uh, giving the medicines. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. You said the keyword. You have to have a different perspective. You know, I always tell people this, you know, um, meteorologists, you know, weathermen, um, they're wrong so much of the time on judging what the weather is going to be like. But guess what happens? People still listen to them. <laughs> I say it's yes. kind of funny. In Western medicine, the United States itself is an extremely sick country. Yet their healthcare is looked at, and even over the last three years, people looked at like our form of healthcare as the one that was going to save everything, which I thought was ridiculous because I said, listen, it's going to lead people down a bad path. And I've been saying that for a long time and look what happens. See, I want you to think about this. To give, an, to give an idea for your audience, to give you some analogies so you have a great way of explaining it. So let me explain something that's going to make complete sense. And I'm going to show you, for example, the benefits of pharmaceuticals, but also the fact that if that is your major form of healthcare, um, you're going to be in trouble. Let me explain. So I love analogies. An analogy is trying to communicate something in a basic way to, so everybody can understand. So let me give you an example. I always tell people, I want you to picture our current worldwide dominated medical system as like the fire department. So if somebody has their house on fire, it catches on fire, it's gonna burn down. We need to call the pro professionals. And so guess what? Call the fire department. They're gonna send firemen, they're gonna send a fire truck, they're gonna have tools to be able to do it. And they need to do it very quickly because if they wait, the house is gonna burn down and it's gone. So they're gonna get there and the fireman's gonna jump out and use their tools to put out the fire. And in general, what they use, they have an ax and hose. The guy's gonna take an ax and run up the door, he's gonna smash it down. He's gonna smash it on your windows. They got the hose is gonna come in and he's gonna start spraying the hole inside your house. Now, during the time of them trying to save your house from burning down, they smashed your windows, they sprayed your walls, which destroys it, they sprayed the carpet, destroys it, they sprayed the pictures of your kids, which destroyed them. But you know something like this? They've been there for about 15, 20 minutes or so far trying to save your house. In the process, they cause a lot of destruction and you're thankful. Now people laugh about that, but you're thankful because you're trying to stop the whole house from burning down. Now, Here's what happens. Let's say they got there in time, did their job properly, save your house. Got to remember, no one is going to be able to live in a burnt up, chewed up, bad house. You need to call now a different professional because if the fireman came up to you and said, hey, I'm going to help you rebuild your house with an ax and a hose, you would go, you don't have the right tools or the knowledge or the education to do this. So why would I try to let you do it with, with unattainable things? A, you know, an axe and a hose can't rebuild a house. You don't have the raw material to rebuild it. So you got to look at a totally different professional. You're going to call a carpenter. Now get this though. A carpenter is going to come to the house. Why the fire department maybe even still do that, be there. And the, the fire department's saying, man, I did a great job putting up this fire. The carpenter can walk in the same exact house at the same exact time. And he thinks differently. You said it right there. He thinks differently. And the difference is this. He says, man, this house is a mess. But the fire department says, I did an amazing job. But see, the sad part is this. The, 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 they want to accomplish two different things. The fireman wants to put out the fire so your house doesn't burn down. The carpenter wants to rebuild it back to brand new. Now, if the carpenter tries to put out the fire with a hammer and nails and plaster and all of this, he'd be looked at as goofy. But on the flip side, I think it's just as, I think it's just as ridiculous saying that you can rebuild the house with an axe and a hose. Now, if you do understand that example, you can think of how I view healthcare and how I've been able to reverse conditions from a different perspective. You know, if somebody has a heart attack and they're going to die, let's say their house is going to burn down. 
Guess what happens? Use your drug and surgery, axe and hose to put out the fire. But guess what happens? Just because you put out the fire doesn't mean you have a normal heart. That's why people that have heart attacks continue to have more. And here's what happens. What they try to tell you is this. We're going to stand outside your house and we're going to spray your house down every single day so you don't have another fire. That's like a doctor saying, I'm going to give you this drug and I want you to stay on it forever, which is very common in Western medicine. Okay. Now, here's what happens. You can, if you sit down and spray down the house every single day, there's less chance of a fire, but you're going to rotten out the house. You're going to make it rot. You're going to destroy it over time, just slowly. See, and that's what's happening in people's healthcare. They're so dependent on drugs. They're taking them every day. It's hurting them on the inside. Who says so it's hurting them? The people who made the drugs says it hurts them. That's what side effects and all the negative things that happen for them. So I came from a carpenter type doctor thought process and said, listen, fires are preventable. What if we, but even if you didn't survive a fire, what can we do to rebuild the body? And then we start rebuilding it back to normal. Endometriosis is not normal. Heart disease is not normal. Cancer is not normal. Every condition on the planet is not normal. So therefore, what threw it off and how do we get it back normal? And here's what happens, guys. This is where you've been lied to. Here's where I tell your first lie is. People do not realize you're genetically programmed to be healthy and normal. If I were to step on your toe, your blood pressure goes up. Should I give you a medication to bring down your blood pressure? Or should I have somebody get off your toe? Because when, when you stop t- smashing your toe, your blood pressure is genetically yes. made to go back to normal. That's the big lie. Medicine has convinced people that you're genetically dysfunction and you're genetically bad. It's actually totally opposite. If that was the case, you all would have had all these diseases from the day you were born. So that's some of the things that I think. So one thing that people don't realize, so let's say something about me that people don't realize, I believe that the majority of the world is being lied to massively. And the last three years proved it. And I've been saying it for 20, I've been saying it for almost 30 years since I was a teenager. Absolutely. Then uh, your company, the wellness way should be all around the globe. Like it should be established in India like five years ago. Because in India, yes. there's a large uh, group of people who are really sick. Like they have a lot of diseases going on day by day. So that can be and curable. That's, that's true. Well, that's that's what they people like, well, Doc, how did you grow such a big company, start with one clinic? Well, no joke. I can still tell you, December 25th, December 27th, 1999, a couple days after Christmas, I took care of my first patient here in Green Bay. One patient. I had a very small office. I was dead broke. I just had a good idea and a way to get great clinical results. And that's how I grew it from that to many clinics all over. And what it is this, because no matter where I go, they're sick people. Sick people are looking for a different perspective to get a different result. Because if we depend on pharmaceuticals to get our body back to normal, there's no doctor that will tell you you're sick because you have a pharmaceutical deficiency. But watch this. You can be sick from a vitamin D deficiency. You can be sick from a vitamin C deficiency. You can, be, you can make every system in the body bad from not having a, 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 a specific amount of nutrients. And see, so therefore, we need doctors to say, listen, I'm going to give your body what it needs. I'm going to do what I can to, to make it the best it can be so I have a strong house. You know, Sam? Because remember, why is it that everybody didn't die over the last three years? Because I will not deny that there was a bug out there that was affecting people. But why is it that some people got a sniffle? And like me and my patients and everybody think, why did they barely know that anything happened to them? 
yet children or even adults died from it. It's because they have a weak house. And if you have a weak house, you should be scared. But our current healthcare system all over the world is leading people to be sick, is lead them. They're not teaching them how to take care of their body. And on top of it, they're saying it's okay to eat bad stuff. Some of the ingredients that people eat are very toxic. No one would build a house out of rotten lumber. They want strong, treated, good lumber. Well, that's why people eat bad foods. They don't realize that all you're doing is building your body out of bad stuff. So, and I know it sounds so simple, but it is. It really is. It's just that it's a different way of thinking that makes complete sense. And then if you put in action, you can see the results. Absolutely. Just like you mentioned, those small things, just like eating, what you're eating day by day is mm -hmm. like uh, implement, is getting, is giving directly uh, consequences to your body. Like uh, most of the people who don't eat good, they're not even successful because they're not thinking, they're, they are having a brain fog. They're not thinking clearly. They're not able to work clearly. So it all stays down to eating healthy and uh, getting medicines. Just like you mentioned, all the things that uh, all the stuff you're eating is actually uh, affecting your brain, affecting your body. Yep. And, and here's what happens. We understand that things can happen. For example, if somebody would happen to get into a car accident, somebody would fall down a flight of stairs and break an arm or have some thing that could be very detrimental. We, we thank God that there's you know uh, drugs and surgery to help put out that mini fire. I thank God that there's you know, all of a sudden somebody has a major heart attack because they didn't take care of themselves. And all of a sudden we need to do those things in order to keep them from dying. See, save people from the fire. But the bad part is if you correlate that with being healthy, that's the difference. And everybody yes. goes to doctors thinking that they're going to gain health by going to our current healthcare system. It's farthest from the truth. It'll actually make you sick. Because here's what happens. Take a drug that may save somebody's life and give it to a person that doesn't need it for a week, what does it do to them? It makes them sick, makes them sick because it will damage their body. See, that's the part that people don't realize. If you were take, uh, if you were, now once again, one of my favorite herbs, turmeric, okay? If you were to, to eat a bunch of powder of it or take it in a liquid form that way, if you took too much, you know what happened? You would just pee it out, you'd make expensive urine. Now, if you took a full bottle of high blood pressure medication, and ate it like you did that turmeric, you would die. You'd poison yourself. See, yet we think that is where health comes from. That's not true. Health is very simply and very easily comparable because your body wants to be healthy. You just gotta stop doing bad things that are throwing it off. Okay. Uh, so Dr. Patrick, what are those, uh, some of the common diseases that you think are curable, but not in the, not, not in the normal health system, they are not, Curable, uh, curable that the doctors say it is incurable just like you mentioned cancer so what are the some most common uh, diseases every one of them every single one of them really? including you understand AIDS? if you every single here think of it this way if you look at hiv itself it's known as an immune deficiency syndrome because what happens is the virus has a major effect on the CD4 cells. Now, remember, my background's immunology. That's what I, well, you know, that's what I actually went to school for. Okay. That's where what led me to what I'm doing that way. Now, therefore, here's what happens. Those CD4 cells, once again, if you look at the antivirals and stuff that they're giving with people, is they're trying to combat the virus. Well, what about building a strong immune response? They've actually even shown here, if if 
if HIV, if, if it can be communicated sexually, why is it that some people get it when they communicate sexually? Why is it that people have had HIV and had babies, it didn't transfer to the baby? See, you have to look at those things in order to do some things to actually get it. So what you need to do is you need to do everything to keep your CD4 cells up. Well, there's things that you can do to keep those things normal. Okay, and, and here's what happens. It's like this. You understand that viruses come in and out of our body on a regular basis. There's some viruses that live there the rest of your life. And let's give you a really simple example that is a very common thing, especially even in the US. If you had chicken pox, if you had the chicken pox virus, okay, as a kid, you're gonna go through it and it's going to live in your body forever. And if you become immune deficient, if you become sick, it resurfaces as what? As shingles, okay? Now, where did you get the shingles from? You didn't. That virus had become part of your nervous system, and therefore it lives there until you're immunocompromised. See, if you look at why, why do some people actually can survive with HIV for a long time, and some people can die, die very quickly. It's all based on how you keep your CD cell, CD4 cells up normally. Well, here's what happens. Instead of looking to try to do an antiviral, why don't you support your immune system to keep your, to keep your CD4 cells normal? And you'll have that virus every day the rest of your life, just like you have chicken pox, or just like you have herpes, or just like you have Epstein-Barr. See, don't fear the bug. Fear a weak house that allows the bug to go rampant. That's the part you have to really look at. It's different. So therefore, a lot of those things are preventable. Now, can you ever stop yourself coming in contact with uh, Epstein-Barr or chicken pox? No, you can't. And it's more common to come in contact with certain viruses and bacteria in different countries. For example, you know, that's why I laugh when they talk about they wiped out a virus. You don't wipe out a virus. The only way that you even reserve a virus is if you actually have a, a healthy population and it keeps true immunity. There is no such as herd immunity. Herd immunity is based on a false premise because herd immunity means that everybody has the same immune system. No, there's people that weak. Here, the last three years show people. It doesn't, it's not about herd immunity. See, here's what happens this. It's about enough strong people come in contact with the virus their body destroys it, and guess what happens? It doesn't spread. But that has to more to do about keeping a healthy population than trying to avoid the virus. Absolutely. That is the biggest thing that people mistake about. So, so they're focusing on contaminating that virus, but they're not focusing on building their immunity, which will help them out throughout their life. Well, this is going to sound a little bit dramatic, but it's really true. Over the last three years, when people told me that they had the virus, um, I was very excited to go down, give them a spoon, had them put it in their mouth, and I put it in my mouth. And I did that over 50 times. Now, people say that's irresponsible. No, it's not. I don't fear the virus. I want to build my immune system. And so I want to do everything I can to expose myself to the viruses. See, people fear bugs, but we all know this. This is basic immunology. How do you build your immune system? Exposure. Exposures. Yes. Now, people take the extremes because you can go to third world countries where they where they still poop and pee where they eat, and it's very contaminated. Now, don't jump in that water. Okay, there can be too much toxic effect from it that way. But the average person walking through a, a, a metropolitan city, and you're worried about a virus jumping to people, jumping to people, and actually people dying. The only people that really died. And that's why if you ever look at countries that did get better with viruses and bacteria. They did better with cleanliness. They did better with refrigeration. They did better with foods that didn't get contaminated. But it still came down to if you were sick, that's the thing. Even in third world countries, if your immune system is weak, you can die from diarrhea. You can die from a bacteria. 
But then why doesn't, if viruses and bacteria are sick, why aren't we all dead? Because in one liter of water, of ocean water, there's more viruses in there than there's humans on the planet. Statistic. So then why aren't we dead? There's viruses everywhere. But guess what? The minute that we die, the minute that we die, bacteria and viruses break us down and turn us back into dirt. Maybe they're, maybe they're a cycle of life that we, suppose, that we need to not fear and start working with. Absolutely. The harsh truth comes to that one point, the more hygienic you become, the more, the lesser your immune system becomes to fight with those viruses and diseases. Yep. Yep. And you need to come in contact things when you're a child to build that. But even as an adult, there's, there's new viruses that nature comes up with all the time. And guess what happens? And here, watch this. We've actually conditioned people. Now, it's very simple. If you have a loved one that accidentally drinks gasoline, okay, takes a little shot gas of gasoline, that person's going to get a fever, going to throw up, probably get diarrhea. If you didn't know what that person did, you automatically assume that that person's what? Sick. And I'm sitting there going, since when do we classify illness of a body reading something that doesn't belong in there? Because that's what the immune system does. So therefore, if a, if a child co- goes to school and comes in contact with a bunch of new kids, it comes home and says, mom, dad, I have a cold, I have a fever, I'm throwing up. I mean, the parents go, oh my goodness, you, you're sick. Actually, no, you're genetically very healthy because your body's reading something that didn't belong in there in the first place. See, you have to really understand that the body doesn't make mistakes. It's trying to always survive everything it comes in contact with, including it could be a good food or bad food. It could be a virus or bacteria. It could be a, a stress. It could be the sun. It could be everything. You know, it's kind of funny. Uh, in Western, over here and in, in, in over here, they convince people that the sun is bad for you. Stay away from the sun. Yet it's really funny. Do you know that? Do you know that the the only vitamin your body makes is actually vitamin D. And then, where do you think it makes it from? The sun. It's a major factor. You have to eat vitamin C. You have to eat vitamin E. You have to eat vitamin K and K2 and things like that. But the one vitamin that I said this, that God made sure you made by itself, I think it has some importance. And the major thing you get it from is the sun. Absolutely. And it's a major vitamin as well. If you don't have that vitamin D, then there are a lot of diseases that you can have. You can have a lot of vitamin deficiency diseases. And on top of it, you can actually have a very weakened immune response. See, so therefore, there's things, so here's what happens. There is no pharmaceutical compensation or deficiency that helps you get your vitamin D levels back to normal. You need to consume it either in a form of a food, but the best source is still the sun. Guess what happens? Vitamin C deficiency could cause scurvy. Guess what happens? There is no pharmaceutical deficiency that causes scurvy. See, that's why I kind of laugh. I'm like going, now, Durham, let's always go back to my example of a fire department carried a carpenter. I have no problem that someone uses some pharmaceutical agent to help them not die. Or here, I went to the dentist. Now, I have a biological dentist, so he, do, he doesn't use the same kind of pharmaceuticals. He, uh, but here's what happens this, is I would never want to get my tooth drilled on if I need dental work, but I have good teeth, um, without having Novocaine, because that'd be extremely painful. So there are some advances. I'd never want to get surgery without anesthesia. I want to be put out. You know what I'm saying? Now, now this. I don't have to worry about that because I don't need a surgery, you see? So therefore, you, your, your need for Western medicine, 
your need for pharmaceuticals when you're healthy goes down to basically nothing. Absolutely. Uh, so, Doctor Patrick, there's like when someone has a fever, they immediately go uh, go to the doctor or eat uh, a paracetamol. So, what do you say about that? Should they do it or should they avoid it for a few days until the fever gets down back to normal? Well, here think this way: you have to step back and look at what the body is doing. What's the purpose of a fever? Okay, think of this way: if you were to want to, if you want to wash your dishes. Okay, so forget having a dishwasher, but even if you have a dishwasher, would you wash your dishes or hot or cold water? According to the temperature, it's out. Yeah, I want it hot too. Why? Because what it does, it actually starts to sterilize your dishes to make sure there's no pathological beer that grows on the old food that's there. Okay, so remember, your body does the same thing. Your body does the same thing. It raises it in contact. And that's one of the things that happen when you do come in contact with a, a new bug. Okay, is the fact that it's a normal immune response. Now, here's what happens. They take the extreme situations, but we have to start talking about the, the rules, not the exceptions. They'll talk about a kid in Africa that got a fever and died. You understand that, listen, the only way you die from a fever is if you get dehydrated. You don't die from a fever. If anything, your fever spiked, you would have a seizure to release the heat. You would not die of dehydration. That takes time. That's why when they say a person died from a fever, they've had a fever for a long time, dehydrated, couldn't have clean water, and they take it out of context. But if they can teach you that a fever is bad, your body makes a mistake, then they have a pharmaceutical drug to knock it down. Now, Durang, when you have a fever, do you feel like going for a run? Do you feel like hanging out with friends? Do you feel like doing anything? No. Do you feel like going to work? Sometimes you can't even go to work because you got a 102 fever. But the idea is this. You by didn't make a mistake. It's trying to sterilize the environment in order to do that. So the concept is this. Stay hydrated extremely. If you are peeing, you're fine. You know what I'm saying? So that's like if a baby gets a fever, then if he gets a fever, put him in a bath. Let his body, you know, get some, you know, contact with water, regulate some of the temperature that way, and also have them drinking that way. Because I would, I, when you look at why, and they even showed this, and they show two things when it comes to the fever. Number one, you cause a virus or bacteria to live longer if you reduce the fever. And number two, fevers stimulate neurological responses so there's brain development during childhood fevers. That's why if you ever notice, watch your kids when they grow up. They come in contact with an infection, neurologically they grow and they advance in all their things. They walk better, they talk better, do all things like that. And we, 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 we've taught parents now that childhood infections are something to avoid. But you know how you avoid them? They give you some pharmaceutical shot, which, for example, has been the detriment to human health across the world. In the last three years, they've improved that. Absolutely. You pointed out the major, uh, major mistake, we can call it. Yep. Or most of the parents yep. are having. And here, the majority of your doctors across the country are lied to. They're misled. My doctor said, okay. With all the things that they say in Western medicine, and I know Western medicine has become popular all across the world now. If they were so right, why is everybody so sick? You saying? If they are so right, why is everybody so darn sick? Why are people fatter, unhealthy, more cancer, diabetes, dying from infections, everything like crazy? Why? If they're so right, you saying? You know, you think with all the money we spend in healthcare across the world, they'll be, be so healthy. No, because health is not what they're trying to maintain. They're not. You saying? Because if it was, 
staying healthy is so much cheaper than battling illness. See, keeping the house good is much cheaper than putting out fires. But there's a lot of money in fires. There's a lot of there's a lot of incentive to create fires. There's a lot of incentive to have a virus go across the world. You say I'm because they're going to have some magic agent that's going to fix it. Exactly. So after this 35 minutes of talk, I'm just changing my perspective to the modern healthcare system. I'm looking at it in a business way. It's not here to like make people healthy, make people uh, like uh, really immune to diseases. It's more of a business side. Yeah, and 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 we're talking about people's lives. That should never be the perspective ever. Absolutely. I will really, I, I will, I will literally look at patients and say, "Why are you eating those bad things?" Because here's what happens: I may have some things from a natural standpoint that can help you, but all you're doing is destroying yourself, and you're trying to get me to naturally compensate. No different than a drug, and you're paying me money for that, and I'm trying to say, "Don't do these things." Because you don't even need me as a doc then. Your body wants to be healthy. It's genetically programmed to be healthy. As hormonal cycles, as immune cycles, as everything your body is genetically programmed to be healthy. You just got to stop beating it up. You got to stop listening to the doctors that are getting you to beat it up to cause it to be sick. Because once again, if you look at what's happening, when I first started practice, a condition called type 2 diabetes was called adult onset. Which because you know why? You're just consuming too much sugar. Now they had to get rid of that 10 years after that because kids are have it now. Child, children have it now. Instead of telling the kids and everybody stop eating sugar, they just produce more insulin and tell them to take it forever, which those sugar metabolic diseases can lead to heart disease, cancer, and all the other major conditions. Heck, get this. Alzheimer's is called type 3 diabetes. Because long-term bad blood sugar leads to psychiatric issues. That's why they call it type 3 diabetes. Absolutely. So uh, is there any perspective to view diabetes as a curable disease? What do you think about that? Because a lot of people I've seen, they're just taking insulin day by day, day by day. But it's not going down. Right. See, the perspective is this. If there's one thing that I can share all audiences across the world is sit back and understand how amazing your human body is. Do you understand that, that if you cut your finger, it literally heals, and there's no doctor that can put all the cells exactly where it goes to put it back to normal. We've lost sight of that amazing ability that we do have. So and by doing that, and all of a sudden, if there's a system in your body, cardiovascular, digestive, immune, and you sit there and go, okay, listen, that body is genetically programmed to work normally. And we have to sit there and go, let me search out a doctor that can put us in a direction that will actually help that system heal. You see, Adam? And therefore, in here, just for example, now let me give you the extreme. Somebody breaks their arm and their bones breaking through their arm. You need to search out the appropriate professional to deal with this. And I'll tell you right now, that's not going to be me. Because, because that is it. We're, we're trying to make sure that this person doesn't bleed to death and die aka the fire department emergency system. But we need to actually have this perspective of going, me going to a doctor that is based on emergencies, based on drugs and surgery. And what I want to accomplish is a new heart. What I want to accomplish is a, a better GI. What I want to accomplish is normal blood pressure. Okay. 
how do we attain that with the current level of thinking in healthcare that we get there? There's no drug that makes your blood pressure normal. Yes, there is, doc. My blood pressure was at 170 over 100, and I took this medication and it went back to normal. No, what you did is you took a, a manipulative drug that pushed you into a range. But here's what happens. The minute you stop taking that medication, what happens to your blood pressure? It goes back up. It goes back up. So you did not make yourself normal. Your body wants to be normal. But here's what happens to this. I want you to think about this. If I... If you ever had a, a psychological stressful day, let me ask a simple question, yes or no. Can your blood pressure go up? Yes. If you, if, I, if you accidentally drop a large book on your foot and it causes pain, could that make your blood pressure go up? Yes. If you ate something that was irritating to your body and caused stress to your body, could that make your blood pressure go up? Absolutely. So do you want a doctor that digs for those things or do you want a doctor that uses a chemical that has a negative effect on all the other systems of the body and they call them side effects? They're not side effects. They're indirect wanted effects because you're focusing on one thing and you say, forget about all these side issues. Let's focus on blood pressure. Yet that thing damages your liver, your kidneys, your GI, but those aren't side effects. Those are just, those are direct effects, unwanted effects. But here's what happens to this. Here's what happens. I want you to think about this. That's acceptable healthcare instead of saying, hey, I got a pebble in my shoe. Hey, I'm mentally stressed out. I got to work on that. Hey, I'm eating something bad that can raise my blood pressure. But see, one takes effort and time. Second, the second one, pharmaceutical tells the patient they don't have to take responsibility or blame for anything. And that's where why medicine will always be taken because people don't want to take responsibility for them being sick. They want to blame it on their, I have high blood pressure because of my parents. You hear that? Yes. They, they try to think that you're genetically sick. If you were genetically sick, you would have been born, you would have been born coming out of your uter mom's uterus having high blood pressure. No, it's acquired just like every other condition. Your house rots and therefore you have those problems. See, but that yes. makes the person take self-responsibility. Exactly. Although people want an easy way out, they don't want to see exactly. what they're eating. They don't want to exercise. They don't want to keep their health, body healthy. But yeah. they want and to the eat thing, all those pizzas and burgers. Yeah, but guess what happens? Here's the worst part about it. Those cheeseburgers taste great. Do you understand? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and no, I won't eat those things. I have good grass-fed organic beef. I don't like to eat the bun because I don't want the bread. I like different things. Drawing. You can eat healthy and be, be very good, but some of the best tasting foods on the planet are the worst things in the world for you. You know, and, and your country is different than here. In our country, in the US, some of the chemicals they put in your foods are illegal across the world. And it's really sad that that's allowed because it's harming people. And when does the harm stop? When is it, you know, it, it's funny because all of a sudden a bug comes across the world and a bunch of people die. They try to blame the bug. If it was the bug, virtually almost everybody came in contact with it. Why didn't we all die? See, but some people did suffer. And, and there's kids or adults that uh, I could, I had a 92 year old patient that got a sniffle from it. And then I actually don't know them personally, but I know people that had family members that were kids or died. See, because if your immune system is weak, be scared of every bug.
But what if we could start to make people healthy? What if we make their immune systems normal, which is attainable? Because if, once again, a generalized statement, if bacteria and viruses made us sick, we'd all be dead because they're everywhere all the time. Absolutely. Your company can be a revolution on these modern healthcare uh, companies because uh, there's a system built right now. You can see all those uh, all those advertisements on cold uh, drinks, all those advertisements on those fast foods. They're all set up a system and they all uh, just run by each, each other. If people uh, eat bad things, then they're going to go to doctors and they're going to uh, give some medications. Again, they're going to eat like it's a circle. Well, I have a I have a um, interview coming up this week with a major company in Dubai that said, "Doc, I I see you have clinics all over. You put this in practice every single day. Uh, we would like to fly you over here and your team because their company is massive, and the company alone could actually have a clinic right in there." And they said, "We want to implement the stuff that you talk about that way, and see because you know why? Because they realize that they spend the ton of money when it comes to people's healthcare. And they go, if we started to make people healthier, we would actually cost less. And it's true. It really is. And then also too, you want healthy employees because they produce more than unhealthy employees. So yes. I'm hoping as I continue, been doing this for 24 years, as I said, train thousands of doctors, have, have offices all over. I'm hoping that we can share a message like this because here's what happens. The last couple of years, you've seen a lot of suffering and the suffering was brought public. But there's a lot of sick people out there that can't get through the day because there's female hormone problems, there's heart disease, there's cancers, there's diabetes, there's all the things destroying people's lives. And the advice they're getting them isn't making them better. And actually, the, once again, it's why heart disease continues to rise every year. Psychiatric problems and mental illness raises every year. Di diabetes raises every year. Well, here's what happens. Once you want to hold the people accountable that are giving people advice, to let them know that, listen, you're giving bad advice because if you're giving good advice, we'd be seeing it go the opposite direction. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. This is the this is the perspective that everyone should view and healthcare in. Okay. Yes. So, hope it's all. So, absolutely. And in the coming years, I hope that we will be seeing your company going all over the world and teaching people what is the right perspective to view on your body, on your uh, health. Me too. I'm hoping that we can affect millions more people and stuff of that. And I, I appreciate being on a podcast like this, just sharing some information that people can take steps to make themselves healthy. Absolutely. And I'm really grateful that you came on the show. And I hope we will be sharing this information with a lot of people who are facing these kinds of problems. And they will be uh, seeing their healthcare in a really different way. Excellent. Well, thanks so much for having me, Ted. I really appreciate it. Awesome. So, uh, Dr. Patrick, in your opinion, what is the most important personality traits someone would need to become successful in your job? Um, the ability to look beyond their individual day that they are going through. <laughs> Whenever, you know, I had a vision that I said, listen, if I could, you know, work through the day and plan for tomorrow. So every decision I make, a personality trait is I plan my life out years in advance. So a personality trait that I think does that the most is delayed gratification. It will help you be successful in business. 
It'll help you be successful in health. It'll help you be successful in all relationships. So delayed gratification, I think, is one of the greatest personality traits that you can adopt, which is just a choice. And you're under control of that. That will lead to many successful things in life. Absolutely. Also, this uh, this trade will take a lot of time to get into your subconscious mind because it will hurt a lot that you're putting all those effort and you're not seeing those results. So you have to do it day by day and day by day. Then it will go on to your subconscious mind. Yep. Okay. That's very uh, true. So, Dr. Patrick, how did you manage to grow your business so far? Um, here's what happens. To grow your business, any business, any business, if you want to succeed in any form of capitalistic thing, solve a problem, become a problem solver. That's it. There's problems out there that need to be solved. And if you could come up with a way to help people save time and money um, and come up with the ideas that problem solves those things, you can develop any business. You really can. Um, I looked at there was a major problem in healthcare. Instead of trying to join in their thinking, I said, listen, I'm going to go in a different direction. And that allowed me to take, like I said, from one clinic, one small clinic, and, and I mean this very sim, sim, uh, very uh, authentically, I was dead broke when I started. I had nothing. When I first started my first clinic, I had no phone, none. If you want to make an appointment, you had to come in and into the office. <laughs> I couldn't afford a phone. That's why I didn't have one. I literally started my office with a couple pieces of paper, a table, and some things in a room to talk to people and was able to give them things now that can change your life. So if you can be, find a problem that exists out there and become a problem solver, here, watch this. I'll give you a simple example of this. Amazon became the biggest company in the world because it problem solved people's time. Now they didn't have to go to a store anymore. Now they could do, 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 done. Do you say, so it gave people more time. And so become a problem solver in anything, in any industry and become the best at it and you will dominate. Absolutely. Just like you saw that healthcare is the main opportunity for you. Also, you had that interest in yourself because uh, health is the thing that no one can get back. If you just uh, ruin your body, you're just laying on your bed. You can do nothing. You won't have time. You won't have money. You won't have a family even. Yep. And, and, and then if you can help them problem solve that, remember, start with one clinic and I got really busy. And then guess what happens? Other doctors started to recognize of all forms, chiropractors, MDs, nurses, nurse practitioners, uh, naturopaths, every doctor, even dentists, pharmacists said, hey, what you're doing is makes a lot of sense. How do I learn about this? So now is it, not only did I help patients problem solve, I also helped doctors of all form problem solve. And that's how it spread. Awesome. Uh, so Dr. Patrick, as everyone is dealing with some level of difficulties in the business, what are the most common difficulties you are currently facing? People. <laughs> some of the greatest things that you will ever experience in life deal with people, okay? Even in business. Some of the most frustrating things that you ever deal in life and business is people, okay? <laughs> so therefore, here's what happens. It, there's one thing that I believe in business is also led to success, is the fact that you need to invest in the people to make them better. Imagine this, 
if you, um, just simple question, do you or somebody you know have any children? Yes. Okay. Now here's what happens this. When the child's a baby, you need to train them up and help them mature to be a, a good citizen in the world. What happens with a two-year-old? Do you know that you never have to teach a two-year-old how to be bad? Do you ever notice that? You're correcting them more than they're actually being good. Okay? Yes. And every parent just smiled. That's why they drive you absolutely nuts. Well, in today's world, especially the United States, they're allowing two-year-olds to maintain that kind of attitude till they're 20 years old and 30 years old. It's me, 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 selfish. That's why you see a big debate in the United States. That's why it's called the woke culture. They just think they deserve everything. You say, Em? Yes. So you need, you need to help people grow and mature in their thinking because some people are 22 and still have a two-year-old mentality. Some people are 32. So you need to invest in the people because every idea needs people. Even Amazon, even, even though Walmart just came out and said they're, by, in, by 2030, they're going to try to replace their people with machines. Machines, Guess yes. what? The, mach the machines still need people to get, navigate that. So you need the best. So it's important to invest in the people. Do you understand? I have a theory. You never go wrong when you invest in the people. But see, the reason why people don't like to invest in the people, because here's what happens. And let me give you from a relations standpoint. You can invest your time, your energy, your money into a possible wife or husband. And you can break up and it doesn't work out. Well, here's happens. We've all had that happen to us. You don't just give up on if, you know, you don't just give up on girls because one girl broke your heart. You don't give up on guys because one guy broke your heart. You go invest into somebody else. So that's the same thing with employees. That's the same thing with people. I like to take people and invest into them so they become better. And sometimes I'm the first person that I really invest into them. And that's why they succeed. And when you invest in the people, you never lose. You never lose. You don't. You say, Doc, but not every person that you hired is with you. No, but that's how you get a lot of people to stay with you. I'd rather invest in them in their development and actually have them stay than not invest them and leave them the way they are, even if they stay. So investing in the people is very key to success in anything in life. Absolutely. Having those set of people who are with you on your bad times this is really great key. For that, we have to put your effort into that. You have to give your time. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. So, Dr. Flynn, just like you told us that you plan in the years ahead. So, what is your growth plan? Um, here's my growth plan. It's consistent. I can honestly tell you this. I do not believe in goals. And I don't believe in setting out targets. Now, it's different. Let me explain. Let me explain. Now, obviously, from those questions, has anybody ever taught you goal setting? Oh, uh, yes. Okay. And they'll say stuff like, you can't, you need to set goals because you can't hit a target that you can't see. You've kind of heard things like that. So I got a question for you. Can I, can I ask you a simple question? Yes, yes, absolutely. Do you ever set five-year goals? Uh, yes. Not okay, specific so a lot. Yes. No, but you have said some, okay, I want to accomplish this in five years. I want to do this in five years. Yes. Let me ask you a question. 
And I can tell from your question that you probably do work on some form of personal growth, trying to make yourself better. Can I assume that? Yes. So let me see question. The person you were five years ago, would you want that person making life-changing, altering business and personal decisions for you right now? No, absolutely not. Would you want that, would you want that person one year ago that you were making life-changing business decisions that you have right now? No. <laughs> no. See, so how is it that when you, because here's what happens. I, want, I teach everybody, say, listen, I believe that here's my, here's my life model. Enjoy the journey, build memories. Yes, we'd like to see Wellsways all over the world. But I started at Wellsway Academy, basically a school to teach this because, and, you're and, I, and I figured out during the journey, and if you had asked me five years ago if I had that, I would have said no. See, sometimes you can be so laser focused on the goal, you forget that during the path, you're going to miss things and you're going to grow and change. So how you even see the world or the direction you want to go in or how you address things, I don't want the person. And you're wrong. The person five years ago was a $75 million man. Now I'm a $125 million man. Okay. I would make different decisions than I would have a $75 million business. Does that make sense? So the concept of people say, you know, doc, what's your goals for what's my future? I don't have any, I don't, but if I constantly invest into people and myself, I will grow individually and I'll take those steps day by day that will allow for great things to happen. Because growth is the only promise that the future will get better. So we have to stop. We have to stop looking at all the negatives in the world and say, listen, if you invest into you and your neighbor, if everybody did that, guess what happened? The whole world will change because you, the future would be so much brighter and everything. But see, if we can divide people, if we can racially divide people, if we can ethnically divide people, you know, something, I'm white, you're kind of black. You know, if we can create some tension between them, then I won't invest in my neighbor that may need help. See, if you invest in people, you never go wrong. You change the world because it makes for a better future because it leads to growth. But if I can say you're rich and I'm poor, I need some of that because you got it in a bad way. And that's create divide. And look what's happening in the world today. See, I say, listen, yes. eh. You can be black, I can be white, you can be Chinese, I can be American, you can be African-American. But if you have the concept that we're all made, this is me, I believe that you know we're made in the image of God and God has a purpose for every one of us that way. And you be, be called to invest in that person's life to put them in a direction. And it allows us to now actually truly love our neighbor and say, okay, listen. And the cool thing is this, this is the uniqueness of each individual. We all may look different and we are different in the fact that we're all just a little bit different. And that difference is actually should be celebrated, not actually, you know, made fun of or looked at bad because sometimes you have to go in a different direction. And sometimes different isn't always bad. I'm giving you a different perspective right now in healthcare. And even though it may not be the norm, but guess what happens? The differences can be used to bring things forward for good. Exactly. Absolutely. Okay, so uh, Dr. Flynn, uh, you don't plan for like five years and 10 years. So that's absolutely awesome. And the way you mentioned that why you should not is a better way to go. Because you're not setting those specific goals for yourself. You're not setting those uh, limit limitations on yourself that I have to reach up to this in five years. So that's the limitation. 
I heard I heard a statement, and this will resonate with people why. Here's what happens. How I even viewed the world five years ago is a little bit different how I view it today. So you never view the world the way it is. You view the world the way you are. So if you change, you're going to see the world differently. So your perspective and direction could totally change. It really can. And so therefore, that's why growth is more important than goals. Let me say it again. Growth is more important than goals. Absolutely. So Dr. Patrick, if you were to write a book about yourself, how would you name it? Well, I did. I did. And it became an international bestseller. It's called okay. I Disagree. Awesome. So, yeah. Okay. So what are the main points that you highlighted in that particular book? Well, here's what happens. When they told me that I'd be a juvenile delinquent, I said, I disagree. When they told me that I couldn't reverse my health conditions, I, I disagree. When they told me my wife can have kids, I said, I disagree. When they told me all these things about the world, I said, I disagree. And then what I did is I went out and proved them wrong. See, so, it, and, and my new book is coming out in the fall. And guess what happens? Because the majority of thinking in healthcare has not changed at all, even since I started practice, it's gotten worse. You know, the last three years prove that. My new book is called, I Still Disagree. But now I have more examples of proving them wrong. So uh, okay. I always tell people, going, going with the grain, following the sheep, you know, trying to live within the matrix does, doesn't work. <laughs> Absolutely. So when are you planning to publish that new book? I It'll be out in September. It'll be out in September. My first book, no joke, no one would publish it. No one would. And it went out and within within two days, it was a bestseller. Within one week, it was an international bestseller. And now for my new book, I have publishers fighting over who's going to print it. Absolutely. The change, when you have that particular success in this, in that one thing, then everyone comes to you. But when you are starting out and you are not, uh, you have those potential, you know that, but no one uh, believes in you then it's really hard to convince anyone. Well, get this. When I had this idea, I remember this. In October of 1999, I went to a bank and I asked them for a $5,000 loan. And they laughed at me. They laughed at me. They really did. They're like, they didn't like my idea. I had no money. I had no credit. I had no collateral. collateral and so they wouldn't give me $5,000. Now, today, I have banks fighting over my business, trying to get me to bank with them. It's kind of, exactly. kind of weird, isn't it? Absolutely. So uh, you cannot get that taste of sweetness until you get that sourness. So Yes, that's true. Uh, absolutely. So that's why everyone says that if you have a hard path, then you want to enjoy your success even more. Well, I always tell people this. And guys, I'm going to speak to you right now about this. So all the men out there. See, let's talk about that sweet and sour. As men, even in, when it comes to relationships, so let's liberate this. A lot of men, once again, you know, when I met my first girlfriend, once again, you know, I was hoping to marry that girl someday. Okay. And then I got dumped. Okay. So there's the sourness. You know what the sweetness is today? 
is I said, listen, you take those sour things and say, I'm going to make myself great. I'm going to make myself amazing. And then you're hoping those people in the past regret that they ever dumped you. <laughs> so that's what you got to do in life and in business is guess what happens? The greatest, the greatest, um, I don't want to say this word because I don't like the word, but the greatest revenge to doubters is just go do it and make them regret that they even, you know, dumped you regret that the bank make the bank regret that they even told you no there's an old saying in business turn your signature into an autograph by hard work absolutely <laughs> absolutely so uh, dr patrick what is the best piece of advice you have ever received oh this is easy this is very easy um because i think in our world today it's needed more than ever is very simply be yourself regardless of the consequences be yourself because there's no two people that are exactly the same you can have the same religion the same faith the same parents the same friends the same relatives and there's nobody the same there's nobody absolutely god didn't make us that way he created us for a purpose and each one of us have a different purpose and each one's have different characteristics and personalities be yourself regardless of the consequences. Because what we think, I know it's really funny, I'm gonna ask you a personal question. And I mean this very sincere and I'll answer it too. As an individual, you seem like a very, very nice guy. Very nice guy. But let me see a question. Do you, have you liked everybody that you've ever came in contact with? Have you ever liked? Have you personally liked every individual that you've met? Not everybody. No. Guess what happens? Me neither. But here's what happens to this. Not everybody's going to like you. See, Absolutely. so people try to be liked by everybody. And guess what happens? And we even look at each other and go, why wouldn't they like us? But it, they will have reasons. They'll say, you talk too much. You don't talk enough. You're a business owner. You're just an employee. See, people by nature... So be yourself because the only time you're not trying to be yourself is when you're trying to be liked by everybody and you'll never be liked by anybody. That's why be prepared for criticism. You could be reversing cancers and people would still not like you and they find something wrong with it. See, exactly. be yourself. You, you know, there's an old saying, be yourself because everybody else is taken. Absolutely. Also, there's a quote by Mike Tyson, which is, if you're a friend of everybody, you're just an enemy to yourself. Ooh, I like that one. It's so true. So true. So just be yourself, man. Be yourself. Exactly. And uh, Dr. Patrick, what is the worst piece of advice you've ever received? Um, the worst place of advice. Um, it's actually in the same thing. It's actually in the same realm. Um, people trying to tell me not be myself. There's no way that I could accomplish this, what I'm doing and get along with everybody. It's impossible because people, people hold certain beliefs to death in religion, in healthcare, in politics. And, you know, people always say you got to go along to get along. That's not true. That's actually leads to a very bad life. So therefore is... And the worst advice I would say is people say you shouldn't say that you shouldn't do that. No, 
it comes back to the grace. It still comes back to the grace of life. Be yourself because if you're not yourself, you will hate life. You'll, you'll go through life actually trying to be something you're not. Exactly. You are living by the perspective of other people. Like you are, you, if you want to enjoy, you're not able to enjoy because you're thinking that what will this person think about me? Yep. Yep. Exactly. That can be really dis, uh, depressing in the long term. Long term. It can just, it, will, it can okay. literally destroy you. It can literally destroy you if you try that. Absolutely. So, Dr. Patrick, what is your favorite quotation? Um, my favorite quote is, huh, I have so many of them that I love. Um, but it basically comes down to, um, if you want to be liked by everybody, do nothing, say nothing, become nothing. See, I like, I like that people be in themselves. Exactly. That's absolutely real. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Okay. So Dr. Patrick, what is that one piece of advice you would give to the young entrepreneurs starting in your field? In order to accomplish anything great in life, you need other people. The, the whole idea that, that you're a lone wolf makes no sense. That misleads people. You definitely work on yourself individually, but to accomplish anything great, you need other people. I don't care what the world says. In order to be a great parent, you need to have a spouse. In order to be a great business person, you need other people. Everything in your life, you need other people. You do. That's why you have to invest in other people. So if anybody thinks I'm just going to do it by themselves, they're going to, they're going to fail dramatically. They will. And once you realize this, watch this. If you can turn around, and this would change the world. Here, you have a message that you want to get out. That means you need me and I need you. If you can start looking at other people and say, no matter what you want to accomplish or be or anything, you need me and I need you. You understand when when you do that, you treat people dramatically different. When you realize that you need other people to accomplish anything great, I can't be a great father without my wife. I can't be, this podcast couldn't be done well without the greatness of Travis over there and the team. If you want to accomplish anything in life, you need other people. It's the greatest advice I still try to teach everybody every day. Absolutely. Also, finding those kind of good people is a really hard task. So what would you recommend Ah, going? But let me explain. This is the fallacy though. People, great people are not found, they're developed. Okay? Your two-year-old is a pain in the butt. But guess what happens? He doesn't stay there if you develop and grow them. It's my job of having hundreds of employees and eventually thousands of employees that guess what happens? I need, it takes my effort to invest into them regardless of the outcome. See, you don't, in drum. Can you find great skilled people? Absolutely. But some of your greatest skilled people, you could never work with because they're horrible. They actually act like two-year-olds because they, and they have a skill. See, to accomplish great things, you know that other great people and great people are not born. You ever hear this? This is a very misleading and I will say dumb statement. He's a born leader. There's no such thing as a born leader. 
That should give everyone you guys hope. That leadership is a skill that's developed. Leadership is nothing more than having influence on other people. Influence is actually something you could do by actually growing yourself. See, a two-year-old has no influence. He's, he's actually a pain in the butt. He's actually, that's why if you have to help them grow, you have to help them mature. See, the sad part is this though. We're not doing this with our kids anymore. I am. My, my, I have a daughter just got married at 19. She's amazing. She's a go, she goes, gets it. Some of this, it's like, you have to invest in people. Most parents don't even invest in their family. And it's really sad. They actually give them food and shelter. Well, guess what happens? That's what slave owners did to people a long time. They gave us food and shelter. And we got to start investing in people to make them better. So need other people to grow. You do. Absolutely. So it's been a really awesome conversation with you, Dr. Patrick. And thank you. Whoever's watching this podcast or listening to this podcast, they're going to just uh, evolve their mindset to the next level after they complete this podcast. And if they listen to your words really clearly, getting that, uh, just listening to the podcast, doing some other work is not just going to work. You have to listen to it, grasp that knowledge and put it in your life. That's will, yep. uh, that will help you out. So yep. thanks a lot for that. And being here on the show, I really am grateful that you came on the show and shared your valuable knowledge with the audience. And uh, I you. hope they will learn a lot of new things from you. I appreciate okay. that. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. I can't wait to share this on my material. I appreciate the time to share some ideas with the audience that I believe that will impact your life greatly. So I appreciate you. Thanks so much for having me on today. Absolutely. You had a great impact on my life as well. And I will continue to share that impact with other people as well and tell them about you. Yeah. So thanks a lot guys for watching. Keep listening. Keep watching. Have a great day.